Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Thorne, and welcome to These Sports Rivals, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? It is now called the College Football Playoff National Championship. It's for the number one spot in college football for the year. Some of those number one spots were decided in previous bowl games, including the 1983 Sugar Bowl. And our two guests today were the starting quarterbacks for the two teams involved. A look inside from these rivals. After a word from our sponsor, Bet Online, head to Bet Online AG today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. College Football National Championship, the 1983 Sugar Bowl. Welcome, everybody. This is the Sports Rivals. I'm Gary Thorne. We are delighted to have you with us. Our purpose here is to preserve memories of classic sports rivalries through the words of those who participated in them. These are the rivalries that are described from the inside out, and they certainly are going to be discussed in that context here today. Uh, There are occasions in particular games that simply stand out in history in any sport. They are set up by the situation of the teams that are involved, and that was the case in the 1983 Sugar Bowl game. It featured Georgia, the number one-ranked team in the nation, against number two-ranked Penn State. And while it may not have been uh, officially recorded as a national championship game, everybody knew going into that football game that this was it, that the winner of this football game was 99.9% assured of being regarded as the national champion for the year. Penn State would get it in a great football game over Georgia, 27-23. to And today, we have the two starting quarterbacks in that game to discuss the 83 Sugar Bowl. John Lastinger was the quarterback at Georgia. He was there from 81 on. In fact, uh, in the Cotton Bowl versus Texas in 84, he would score the winning touchdown on a 17-yard run in that ball game. In the 83 Sugar Bowl, he quarterbacked against Todd Blackledge, who is our other guest today. Todd went 31-5 and as the quarterback at Penn State. An academic All-American, Todd went on to professional football with both Kansas City and with Pittsburgh and has had a long and outstanding career in broadcasting football games as an analyst. A couple of interesting notes before we get to our guests. I was astounded to find John Lastinger as the quarterback for Georgia went into that football game never having lost either a high school or college game when he was the starting quarterback. He went into that 83 Sugar Bowl with that record intact. For Todd Blackledge, he would come out of that victory, not only with his team having a national championship, but Todd was the MVP of that Sugar Bowl game. So, John, Todd, it is a great delight to have you with us. And when we feature rivalries, we certainly, we certainly have got one here, boiled down to one game, one afternoon, and one very big football game. Ultimately, Penn State declared the national championship. So let me ask both of you. I'll start with you, John. If you would look back for us, your feelings 
going into that 83 Sugar Bowl game? Uh, going into it, gosh, it was, uh, and first of all, thank you for, for having me on, but going in, um, you know, you know, the, and you, and you just kind of mentioned it and I remembered it. We were, we were ranked number one and Penn state was ranked number two, but, um, you know, going into that game, we were the underdog, I think. I mean, I, you know, if you were following a line, I mean, we were not, we were not the favorite, um, and, you know, and I, I mean, I think we knew, um, God, if you back up a year before, you know, when we we were playing Pittsburgh uh, in the Sugar Bowl and watched a lot of film of Pittsburgh's defense. And one game in particular was a game they played against Penn State. And, you know, it, it, the game was, I think, if I remember, was kind of close for a little while and all of a sudden Penn State just went crazy you know and I mean so we're watching Ty we're watching Penn State's offense on film because they did some similar things they had you know a tailback a lot of eye backfield and and, you know some similar concepts although we didn't throw it much but you know just really remember watching Penn State do a number I think Penn State won the game 48-14 over Dan Marino and Pittsburgh so you know I think that's kind of when for me that had come onto our radar like hey this team's for real uh, tremendous balance. So we knew we were going to have to play a pretty decent game offensively and, uh, you know, going in. But, you know, I, I think we we certainly felt confident going in. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because um, that it's exactly the score of that Penn State game. And if you ask any Penn State fans, I mean, that's one of the most memorable games in Penn State history. Uh, Pitt was number one at the time. Uh, Marino had had an incredible season. Uh, his junior year, and uh, and we were able to go into Pittsburgh and win that game. And really, kind of our 1982 season, really the springboard was kind of the way we finished the 81 season with that win over Pittsburgh, and then we beat Marcus Allen and USC in the Fiesta Bowl after that and uh, kind of led into the following year. And, you know, we were fortunate to to get to that game with Georgia as number two because – we were actually number one about midway through the season, and we lost to Alabama down in Birmingham um, and lost that number one ranking and weren't sure if we'd ever get a chance to play for the national championship. And it just so happened, you know, somewhere between the middle of the season and the end of the season, SMU, who was ranked ahead of us, uh, you know, had the great Pony Express with Eric Dickerson and Craig James. They went for a tie uh, against Arkansas in the Southwest Conference game, and we were able to jump them by the end of the season to go to number two. So we entered that bowl season uh, one and two, and that was you know well before they were trying to orchestrate one versus two matchups. And uh, uh, but it just played out that way, and in, in, uh, you know in essence, a national championship game, and and it was quite a football game, just a, a great game to be a part of, and. You know, for me as a quarterback, to be the quarterback of Penn State and Joe Paterno's first national championship team officially uh, was, was quite a thrill. When, when you think of that game, what comes to mind first, Todd, in, in your mind for that 83 Sugar Bowl? Yeah, well, you know, so it's funny because uh, Georgia, you know, obviously they had Herschel Walker and, and you know, our defense, you know, I was knew they were going to have their hands full with him. Um and, you know, I thought John, you know, I don't know how many times John threw the ball a game, but but I think he threw the ball very well against us in our game because I think our defense was really 
geared into trying to, you know, to gang up on Herschel. Uh, but we knew they had a great pass defense also. I mean, they, I, they might've led the nation in interceptions. Terry Hogue was an all American safety. And so we knew they were very, very talented in the back end of their defense. Uh, but we came in with a, we came in with a very aggressive game plan to throw the football. Um, you know, and we, in the opening drive, we hit some big passes and went right down the field and scored to start the game. And, and it really kind of, I think, set the tempo, uh, you know, for us. We never trailed in the game. Now, Georgia made a couple good runs at us, but I just think the way we started the game, the aggressive mindset we had throwing the football um, and then ultimately being balanced through the rest of the game really kind of maybe knocked their defense back on their heels a little bit uh, because of how well we threw the ball against them uh, and just, you know, set the tone for the game. But I do remember how we started the game, how aggressively and how effectively we started the, the game with our opening possession. What are your memories for each of you? John, yeah. Do you, do you yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just, I was kind of thinking from our perspective, I mean, I think, uh, uh, you know, it was a long, I mean, gosh, our, our, our last regular season game, you know, was, was we played Georgia Tech the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And uh, and then, you know, gosh, so, we, you know, you probably had about six weeks, you know, of uh, kind of beginning preparation. I mean, you know, had a little bit of conditioning work, you know, and, and to get through exams. And then, you know, just and what I remember was just a very, very physical and tough, you know, bowl practice. I mean, it was you know, where I felt good about things is that was our third straight Sugar Bowl. So, you know, you kind of felt like our guys are, you know, they've seen about all of New Orleans they want to see, you know, and, and we were we were comfortable being in Athens through the month of December. You know, it was almost kind of like we felt like, hey, this is becoming a tradition, you know, let's keep it this way. And, you know, you didn't have any students and it was pretty much all football, you know, wake up, you know, go to a meeting, practice in the afternoon, you know, maybe even do some stuff at night. And it was just, but I just remember a very, I mean, it's like Coach Dooley, he wasn't playing around. I mean, we were just some incredibly physical practices. You know, I remember we had a scrimmage at, at Sanford Stadium, you know, on and, and it, here's what's funny. It was, it was, Herschel was excused from practice because it was Herschel Walker Day in Wrightsville, Georgia. And so he, he was down there for a parade and, you know, the, the, the red coat band was down there and all these dignitaries. Meanwhile, about nine o'clock in the morning, Coach Dooley, we, we went through about a three hour scrimmage. I mean, it was just, just a bloodletting out there, you know, and I mean, I was, you know, just couldn't believe it, you know, and, and <laughs> I just remember this funny thing the next night, my mom called me, you know, and I was talking to her and she's well, I guess y'all went down to the Herschel Walker day in Wrightsville. <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, Oh no, mom. <laughs> Herschel was down there, but not the rest of us, you know? So, uh, but you know, I, again, very physical, but then, you know, getting there, I felt confident that our guys, you know, we're not going to be, you know, just, just taken by everything going on in new Orleans. And, and we really, you know, I mean, we felt, we knew that Penn State had a very balanced. I mean, our, our defensive guys would come out of the meeting and go, "God, a very balanced team." You know, we hadn't seen anything like this, and we're going to have to really play well. And and you know, I just remember coming out for warmups, and and you know, and all of that six weeks, and all of that, you know, it was like finally behind us, and okay, the game's here. And I just remember, I actually remember going out of the field and and just feeling loose, like, "Golly, it's so good to finally here it is," you know. 
Of course, look across the field and see those white uniforms and go like, okay, yeah, they, those are the same ones that I've seen. You know, they're, they're, they're all white <laughs> except for Todd's black high tops. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it was, uh, you know, I just, we felt good. We did, we did, we felt right, you know, just ready to play. Todd's right. And they went right down the field, the first drive. And, and then probably the biggest, and, and I'll be quiet, but the biggest disappointment was that we got the ball right back and went right down the field and got it down, I think, you know, probably inside the 10. And I, we had a, you know, just a, a little sprint right pass. And uh, Clarence Kay, our tight end, who was a great player, played in the NFL for four or five years, you know, wide open in the, in, in the back of the end zone. And I had to kind of throw it over one guy's head. And unfortunately, I threw it about three feet over Clarence's head. And, you know, we had to settle for a field goal and, you know, seven minus three equal four. And <laughs> the final yeah. score was 27-23. Mm. Yeah, I remember that play. I, I remember Clarence being wide open, too, and it was a great response by you guys. But I uh, – you know, it, it's – the other thing, uh, and I don't know if you knew the story with this, but but this – the reason the opening drive for us also meant so much was because – I kind of put us out there, uh, you know, with our team because about two weeks before the game, we were still practicing in State College and, and our sports information guy, Dave Baker, came up to me and said, hey, ABC wants to do something different before the game. They want to uh, <laughs> they want to have you uh, introduce the starting lineup rather than do the headshots and the normal thing. They, they want to bring a camera crew and have you kind of introduce the guys and they're going to try to find, you know, maybe ask Herschel or somebody to do it from Georgia. Yeah. He so I said, I said, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So, uh, so anyway, the, it was a Saturday morning they were coming up. And so Friday, I can remember I was at a, I was watching a, a youth basketball game, watching a, a young friend of mine play and, and I'm sitting there and I got my notes and I'm trying to memorize, you know, hometown height and weight all that i wanted to have all the information down so now saturday morning comes we go out on the field this producer comes by and he we're in our all starting lineup on our coat and tie and we're on the turf football field the producer says now look we've never done this um but what we don't want we don't want the normal height weight hometown all that stuff just we, we don't want that we want something that's loose fun if you got a little story so now I was scrambling, and uh, but it ended up being the first thing I ever did in broadcasting. Maybe convinced me that I, I might have a future in it. But I I took the mic and I just started walking down the line, and just a lot of little inside digs and jabs and jokes, and and I did it in one take. And the last line I said was, you know, that's the starting lineup for the Sugar Bowl, and that's that's the offense that's going to do a number on the Georgia Bulldogs. And yeah. so that's how it ended. Right. So now when they aired it in the game, it was a taped segment and they put it in lot with live after the coin toss and we won the toss or, or either, either we won or lost, but we were getting the ball first. And Keith Jackson said, uh, you know, <laughs> after that came back and I said that he, and Keith Jackson just said, he hopes like that, you know? And so the fact that we got the ball, went down the field on the, after the opening kickoff, uh, kind of redeemed myself a little bit for putting us out there like that. Uh, I was going to ask you, we talked about this first drive that Penn State had. John, uh, what do you remember the impact that had? I mean, what did you feel like after they did take the ball? 
drive well, down the field. Well, I, you know, I really wasn't surprised. I mean, you know, I kind of felt like our, you know, our, uh, I mean, Todd's right. I think if, if I remember, you know, I mean, I mean, I think we stopped their run a couple of times and they had a, you know, a couple of big third down plays. I don't, I can't, maybe hit a crossing route, maybe at the tight end down the middle of the field, something like that, you know, and then, um, but, you know, we weren't, you know, terribly surprised. I mean, because we knew they were good and, and, you know, and I, I kind of felt like, I think Todd said it earlier, our defense was, I think we led the country in interceptions, you know, Jeff yeah, Sanchez so. at free safety, um, Terry Hope at Rover, you know, so we were very, very opportunistic defense, but, you know, I mean, you know, it, coming down and, and it, you know, I think we felt good getting the field goal. It's kind of because we had moved the football and I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, I think we were, it was very clear, you know, you had their their free safety Robinson with a Mark Robinson, Robinson yeah. coming. Yeah. You know, he was really filling the alleys on the sweet play. I mean, you could tell they're gonna they're here to stop Herschel. You know, I mean, you know, linebackers coming downhill and they and of course they had, you know, Penn State and they always had great linebackers. So Walker Lee, Ashley, great defensive end. I remember that. Um yeah. but you know, we were able, we we just you know, like look, they're they're you know, it's not the steel curtain here. We 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 can we can move the football. Um, and, and I, you know, as the, the first half progressed, you know, what our members been a little frustrated because, you know, it's kind of like, golly, I feel like we're, we're in this thing, but we got nothing to show for it. And, and then, you know, you get late in the second quarter, you look up and you're like, dad gun, we're losing 20 to three, you know, like this thing's about to get away from us if we don't make something happen. Yeah. I can remember, I, I think it was in that second quarter, wasn't it, John, where you, I just remember one play because we had really – our defense, again, they, they just get so fired up. And when they had that much time to prepare our defensive staff, because I had seen them I had seen them take the Heisman Trophy winner from the year before with Marcus Allen, who had over 2,000 yards, and they held him to 80-some yards in the Fiesta Bowl, you know. And, and so I knew our guys were, were going to be locked into – to trying to stop her. So we're doing the best way that they could to contain him. And there, I, I just remember their whole thinking was we have to try to get him turning his shoulders to, to the sideline, you know, and keep him from going North and South because he's so powerful if he gets going downhill on you. And, and I think our guys were doing <clears throat> a really good job of that, but I do remember a play, I think it was late second quarter where you ran a little, almost like a hook and lateral play where you threw like a hook route and, and the ball got lateraled back to Herschel down the sideline. And he didn't score, but I think it set up a score that kind of, you know, got you guys back in the game and got you a little bit more momentum there before the, before the end of the half. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, that's, well, you're right. I mean, we were, so it's 20 to three and I don't know if there's, uh, there wasn't much time left, but I mean, I think it had become apparent then that, you know, and again, Coach Dooley, not one to, to, you know, get real comfortable with us throwing the football. But I think he realized that, you know, hey, we got to start throwing the football. And, and, I, and I remember on that drive, the first play of that drive, you know, I mean, I took the snap, made a fake, hit Clarence K in the, you know, in the flat. They didn't even cover him, Todd. I mean, they were like, they're so focused on Herschel, they right. didn't even cover him. So, you know, and he gains about 15, 20 yards. And then you're right. We got we we had worked on that little flea flicker play, uh, you know. And and I remember we had called a time and we had the ball, I think, on the right hash mark, and they wanted to run it, but we had don't we had only practiced it on the right side. So they, I told them, I said, well, just you know, we can do it on the left side, you know. I mean, if we if we have to make it work there, and 
But we ended up running another play, and I think and then came back the next play and ran that. And uh, but but what's funny, yeah, we we you know it the, we threw I threw it to Kevin Harris who pitched it to Herschel, and again he got you know if he hurdles a guy he probably goes in to score, but he but he falls down. But I think we were supposed to clock play it is what the, what I was thinking if I remember right. And I uh, <laughs> you had a little cornerback out there. He was not yeah Danny be, Biondi. Danny Biondi, there you go. <laughs> Good he's very nice guy. Yeah, but I remember yeah. I met him yeah. met him in the, at one of the festivities before the game. But then we had a freshman receiver named Herman Archie who was about 6'4", and I literally pointed to the end zone. I mean, you can at some point, I don't know if it's on the TV thing, but you can, I literally pointed, you know, and just took the snap back and threw it, you know, just kind of a, a fade route, and he went up and got it for the touchdown, which yeah. you know, which really, you know, the old proverbial guy gave us the momentum going into halftime. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how about that, guys? How about telling us, I mean, you got two great coaches here. In the Joe Paterno and Scalia, at halftime, what do each of you remember was said by by those two coaches? Yeah, you know, so I don't really remember. I don't really remember what all was said. I know we felt good. You know, we felt like offensively we had we had had a really good first half. And you know, as John just mentioned, they scored there late in the half to kind of pull within ten, but. But we had pretty much done what we wanted to do for the, through the first two quarters. Now we, you know, in some respects, you might think we didn't get a very good talk at halftime because the third quarter we did not play very well offensively or not as well. And and obviously a lot of that goes to to George's defense doing some different things. But uh, but I just remember at halftime we were comfortable, we were very confident. Uh, you know, everything that we had worked on and, and wanted to execute, felt really good about our balance. You know, it, it's interesting, you know, John mentioned the balance of our offense, but, uh, and this is kind of one of those little trivia get questions that I, uh, I share with people. But when we ended up winning that game and winning the national championship in the 1982 national championship, we became the first team ever uh, at that point to gain more yards passing than rushing. Uh, and win a national championship. And it was actually the difference was maybe three, three, four hundred yards difference. It wasn't very much different, but we had really become a balanced football team. We were kind of pass heavy early. And then we got Kurt Warner in our running game going midway through the season. By the end of the season, you know, it was kind of pick your poison. And so we we just felt like we had everything right where we wanted it to be there uh, after the first half. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think we carried that momentum. I mean, I don't know if it was, you know, well, I, I, again, I don't want to say it was like false hope or anything, like, nothing like that. I mean, because we, we did. We, I don't think we felt like we had played our best. You know, we got back in the ball game, and we knew we were getting the ball in the, to start the second half. And so, you know, I mean, I, as, I mean, how many times you hear coaches in locker rooms, you know, say, hey, we're getting to start the second half. You know, they always talk about how important that first drive of the second half is. And, you know, and, and gosh, we got it and through by running and, and, and throwing the football, we, we went down and scored. And, um, you know, I, I know I, I threw a long one again to and attempted a long one to, to Herman Archie down the right. And, and I mean, I, the reason I even bring that up is because after the game, people always say, well, you know, he dropped a touchdown. You know, you hit him right in stride down the right sideline for a touchdown. And, and I said, well, you know, we, we scored on that drive anyway. So it really wasn't. 
you know, other than maybe running, you know, it, it would have it would have allowed us to score quicker and maybe save some time on the clock or for whatever. I mean, you can you can figure all you want, but but again, we score and it's twenty to seventeen, and so you know, then I mean, I think you know, I think both sides knew game on at that point, you know, and our yeah. crowds into it, and then I just. I go back to I'm thinking, golly, this is where our defense is going to, you know, somebody's about to intercept one. You know, we're going to get a, you know, a batted pass, a fumble. Something's about to happen here, and we're going to take the lead. You just kind of felt like this, you know, that's that's right where we are. But to a credit, you know, to you guys' credit, it didn't happen. And, and you're right. I don't, I don't think you guys did much offensively. No, we didn't. Remainder of the quarter. third quarter. Yeah. But, you know, you didn't turn it over or anything like that. And I think yeah. that – you know, it kind of, I mean, you, it literally let things kind of begin to calm back down, you know, like, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't in the building all of a sudden, all the momentum was, was, was you know, with right. Or decide. Right. And, uh, but well, yeah, I think, I, I think your defense, uh, you know, I think they got, they got more aggressive in the third quarter. I mean, not, you know, I wasn't the most mobile guy. I wasn't a dual threat guy by any means. I could move enough. But um, but they got to me in the third quarter. I had three or four sacks, I think, and most of them came in that third quarter. So we were we were kind of going backwards a little bit. And again, that was credit to the defense. But like you said, we the fact that we didn't turn it over and we were a solid, you know, punt team. Our our, our special teams were solid, so we were able to kind of just hold hold serve, you know, there through the third quarter score wise until we got into the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we had some Freddie Gilbert uh, defensive end, Jimmy Payne, uh, you know, who's you know, no longer with us, but I mean, great player, you know, just, I mean, you know, we do, you know, we had some talent defensively that, I mean, some guys that could rush the passer. So, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I just, uh, that's what I remember. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, it's almost like just kind of slowed the game back down a little bit and, and, you know, then, you know, then it was kind of neutral. And then I think I, I wasn't it the first play of the fourth quarter, I think, is, is, is your touchdown? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't the first play. I don't know. I don't think it was the first play, okay. but it was uh, – I, I do know. I mean, I just kind of remember – obviously, I've seen that play a, a bazillion times. You know, I mean, anytime you go to Penn State or anytime people talk about or show highlights of Penn State, you know, it was the long pass to Garrity that kind of sealed the game or extended our lead. You know, like I said, we never trailed, but you guys cut the lead a couple times, but, uh, you know, it was, it was relatively early in the fourth quarter and, you know, we, we ran the football seven plays in a row. I do remember that, you know, we, we'd run, run, make a first down, run, run, make a first down. We did that seven plays. Now, the other thing that was happening during this drive is that Kurt Warner, who was our best player, our best running back and, you know, he had about 120 yards in the game and just had a great football game. But he was having problems with leg cramps. And so he would run and stay on the ground and couldn't, you know, he was getting cramps in his leg. So he'd have to come out. We'd bring another tail back in. Kurt would come back in, run, get cramps, have to go back out. And so we did this for seven plays in a row to get to about midfield. And then we uh, then we just ran a play action pass off the same you know I formation run action, and Greg Garrity, who was kind of our very reliable receiver, he wasn't our flash receiver. Kenny Jackson was our flashy guy, but but Greg was faster and quicker than than people give him credit for, and he ran by uh, 
I think it was Tony Flagg, who I think was a freshman at the time. Yeah, Tony. He was a freshman. Yeah, and Greg ran by him, and that was just one where I just kind of let it go with everything I had, and uh, and Greg made a diving catch in the end zone. I think that what I guess that made it twenty-seven to what. Made Whatever it 27 it was. to 17 at the time. Yeah, 27 to 17, which kind of gave us a little bit of a comfort zone. And uh, I know you guys scored again, but uh, but that touchdown was was huge for us at that point. Yeah, it's uh, – yeah. Well, you know, and I, I don't ever know – some say that Tony was – he was confused on, you know, he thought we were going to cover two, thought he had to help with the safety, but I don't – you know, but then if you if you watch it, he didn't really play much of a cover two. You know, he didn't funnel the guy inside or anything, so I don't, I'm not sure. But, but, yeah, it was a great throw and catch at a, at a great time. And, yeah, I remember that made, like, the cover of Sports Illustrated, which was, you know, just <laughs> – you know, painful, you know, our guys sitting over there doubled over and y'all are celebrating, but ain't, but you know, no, it was, it was, you're right. I mean, it, it stretched it out. Um, and, and, and I think the only way we, I think we scored late was that we, I think, I think I got sacked and then we punted and, um, yes, Kevin dropped punt. a punt. Yeah. yeah and and we, Kevin, you know, Kevin, uh, Kevin Bow, who, who had a great game also, he could have very easily been the MVP. I mean, he had a couple nice catches and had a big punt return and, uh, he's no longer with us either, but he, uh, yeah, that was about the only mistake he made in the game. Uh, yeah, he was. Well, I do remember him being running, running in. Yeah, but you know, we got it. I know we scored, and then went went for two. And uh, I don't know. We called. I guess we could call a timeout, but somehow, <laughs> you know, we uh, they started the the play clock before I'd gotten back to the huddle. I just remember that because I mean, we, literally, I was just I wasn't in. A, you know, probably on, on me, I wasn't paying attention. All of a sudden, somebody slapped me, and I looked up, and the clock was running down. So we ran a sweep, but I, th- I always feel like we weren't really ready to when we uh, snapped the ball in a hurry, and I think Herschel on a sweep or something, you guys stopped him. But I don't know that it, you know, that it would have yeah. mattered because we couldn't get the ball back. But, you know, having Kevin Butler, you know, we, we certainly felt like if, you know, if we could get it back and get it anywhere, right. in the field, we might have a chance to tie the thing up. But who would have wanted a tie? you know one of the one of the uh the plays that i remember and and this was ended up being it was a more subtle play but it was a critical play in us winning the game and and i can remember doing because i've done well john i've seen you when i've done georgia games i've done a you know a ton of georgia games in my broadcasting career and always love seeing coach dooley and spending time with him and uh and he and i have talked about this on a couple occasions uh but so when we had the ball our last time and we're trying to run the clock out the best we can, certainly we're running it and we're, you know, we don't want to throw. And we ended up with about a third and five, third and four situation right around midfield, a little bit on our side of midfield. And I think maybe you guys called your last time out. And, um, and so I was on the sideline. And, uh, you know, they're trying to decide what play to run, running play. And I told Coach Paterno, I said, Let, let's give me this. Let me throw, you know, give me the option to throw this if it's open. Just a little quick out to Garrity just to get the first down. Then we might be able to just run the clock out after that. Right. And, um, you know, they, they, they hesitated for a moment. And then Joe said, all right, go ahead. You know, you, you got the – if it's there, take it. So, so we ran this, you know, and I checked to the throw – and it was complete for the first down. But our tight end, Mike McCluskey, he moved early on the play, and it didn't get called. 
And, you know, we, we got the first down. And I can remember talking to Coach Dooley about that. And a couple <laughs> times, he said, you know, that tight end moved a little bit on that play. I said, yeah, I think he did flinch a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but we got the first down, and then we ran three more plays and punted. And uh, by that time, it was under 40 seconds, I think, yeah. when you – Well, you know, I think – I think the, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the punt was down at zero because uh, I don't yeah, think right. he went back on the field. So, uh, yeah. Which, yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, great game, disappointing, you know, obviously for the, for us. But, um, but you know – But what was, a great run you guys had. I mean, when you think about it, um, you know, and, and I've covered college football. I just, you know, this will be my 30th season covering up, covering college football. And, you know, we've seen some great teams and, you know, the Alabama run here of late and Clemson. But, you know, back then for you guys, three years in a row, you win the national championship in 80 – you know, beating Notre Dame when Herschel's a freshman. Then you go back and play Pitt, led by, you know, as good a quarterback as there's ever been in college football, Dan Marino, a Hall of Famer. You know, and then, and then you know, we play in 82. But what a run for three years in a row, uh, you know, uh, of you guys kind of dominating that conference and, and being right there in the, in the national championship hunt all three years. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Well, nice of you to say that, but yeah, but it's, you know, I, I still think that, you know, well, probably, probably playing Pitt in, in the year before and playing you guys were, you know, uh, I mean, I, I mean, you know, you probably playing, you're playing the best of the best in that deal. I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess you could probably throw Southern Cal, SMU, some of those guys, but, but, you know, during that era, I mean, God, you guys were, you know, I mean, it, it was, it, you guys were, exceptionally talented so it was uh you know and i and again and i was always proud to be a part of all that you know but i you know it, you can't help it you know a couple of years ago georgia's playing alabama and i look out and jake Fromm's on the field and i just kind of say to myself you know gosh you know he's got the same opportunity i had a million years ago i just hope that maybe <laughs> this turns out different you know and it uh yeah. and of course it doesn't you know you just think that you know, you hate to say it, but he's going to remember that for, you know, unless he goes on and hearts winning Super Bowls in the NFL, he's probably going to remember right. that for a long time. Yeah. Guys, can I just, I'm going to have to, we do have to close, but I, and I hate to have to do that. There's one thing, and I'm asking this more as, as a fan and just a really interested. I mean, here you go into this game for the national championship. You are both highly touted quarterbacks, clearly with great records. Do you think about one another either before the game or during the game? Are you, are you sp paying special attention to that guy on the other side under center? I mean, is that something that takes place for you guys? See, here's my perspective on that. We live in a completely different era now than we did back then. You know, back then – I mean, I'm sure I knew who John was, you know, just uh, maybe gr glancing at a defensive scouting report one day after practice or something. But, you know, it wasn't like you didn't go to camps in the summer. There was no Elite 11. You weren't running into each other. We, we weren't on any of the same recruiting trips or anything like that. So, so there's really – you don't have the same kind of knowledge of the guy you're playing opposite of – the way you do now. I mean, now these guys, you know, a lot of them, they text each other all the mm -hmm. time. They go to the Manning passing Academy in the summer, they go to elite 11 and, and they're friends, you know, and then they compete against each other during the season. But when we played John, I mean, you know, 
I mean, I knew who Herschel was and I knew who the defensive guys were that we were preparing for, but you know, that, that was about it. Todd, if you knew who I was, you were, but you had wasted some time. In your life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any problem. But no, I, I knew who Todd was just because of, you know, obviously he just, he's a great player, but I mean, he, uh, you know, I, I remember I was asking a press conference prior, you know, something about that, you know, kind of comparing me to Todd. And I just kind of said, you know, listen, you know, what they're doing offensively versus what we're doing is two different things. And you know, he gets a few more opportunities than me. And I wasn't trying to, and you know, maybe I was sticking up for myself a little bit, but I just kind of said, look, it's just, you know, we're, we're not, this is not really an apples to apples comparison, but, uh, you know, no, nah, I mean, you were, you were obviously, you were drafted in the top 10 in the NFL. That, that says it all. Yeah. Guys, I I hate to have to close it. I mean, I sit here as a as a fan uh, of both of you and of the and of the football game, the '83 Sugar Bowl, and you've been listening to the two quarterbacks who played in it. John Lastinger was there for Georgia. Todd Blackledge, Penn State. Guys, it was just uh, it was just great hearing you talk to one another and the stories and the feelings that you had in one of college football's great games. Our thanks to both of you, John Todd. Thank you very much for being uh, for being our guest here today. And that is going to conclude another chapter yeah, of These Sports Rivals. You can learn more about us and other episodes. You can log on to thesportsrivals.com. You can join the conversation, have questions, suggestions for those you might like to hear on the show. And you can follow us on Instagram at thesportsrivals, on Twitter at rivals underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for These Sports Rivals podcast thank you everybody thanks to john and todd hope you enjoyed it and please remember it is the rivals that make the games thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.